Tournament Poker Edge Live. Hey everybody, welcome to Tournament Poker Edge Live, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com. Killing Bird here with Mark Aliotto, AZN All In 007. How you doing, sir? What's going on, TP, Derek? So we are, uh, what, we've been in the house three days? This is the third day, I think? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've been here three days. Casey is here as well, and uh, Danny M13, they're off actually playing the day 1B of the Venetian Deep Stack today. Uh, but they're uh, but they are moved into the house and all that stuff. Um, we have the day off today. A, I'm not playing, and Mark is off because he made day two of the Venetian uh, Deep Stack opening event, event one. It's a $400 uh, two day starting day tournament. So, um, and not only does he make day two, but he makes day two as a pretty massive chip leader, at least from day one A. Obviously, somebody could go crazy on day one B and come in with bigger chips. But right now, you have, what, like 90K more than second? Yeah, and I'm not even really worried about being the chip leader. Just the amount of big blinds I have, I think I'll come in with, like, roughly between... It was We ended at 15-3, so I'm going to have, like, 90 to 100 big blinds. So yeah. just having that amount of chips, I could care less if I was 10th, I mean, because anything can really happen. Uh, the title chip leader is okay, but just having 100 <laughs> bigs is... So much play, and uh, so yeah, I'm pumped, man. First event too, so hopefully we can do it. Cool. What did you? Uh, I mean, what did you think? I know because you um, you've been obviously primarily a live player, and you've talked about it on past online, podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm sorry, an online player. And as you've talked about on past podcasts, really a rate back pro. So it's this is like such a different thing for you because you're used to just grinding out volume and getting your rate back, and yeah. And um, now you got to play. Pa- you know, you got to do the patience game, but you also have to adjust to like live ranges and all that shit. How's it? How's it been? I'll so tell you what. The toughest thing is the live ranges because uh, I had an instance where some guy jammed twelve bigs and I had ace five suited, and I was like, "This is a snap call." And I mean, whatever. He had sixes, but like, even seeing other all in hands, um, I think calling off. Uh, I think you need to call off a little, a lot tighter, not a little, a lot tighter, because I don't think people are jamming like online where they're on twelve tables. I have ten big blinds with king four, like they just shove. Like live, they don't do that. Like one table, I want to stay in the tournament. They value their tournament life more, so right. I definitely have to adjust ranges, and that is uh, worrisome for me because I'm so keen on like my push. My push call uh, from Don, so I definitely have to adjust, but I think I'll be fine. Yeah, I think even just talking to you after day one, it seems like you're already starting to make that adjustment a little bit. Like I think you knew right away that the Ace Five thing was maybe a little bit yeah sketchy. And... Especially, I mean, the guy I was folding, folded like four orbits, waited for one hand. You know, yeah. uh, he's still late position, so I imagine I'm ahead of his range, but just not as ahead as I probably need to be. Uh, and I had chips behind. It wasn't like I was calling off half my stack, but yeah, still, I still think I could have folded in that spot. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna adjust. Yeah, one thing we've talked about um, in past episodes, really mostly last year, about the Venetian deep stacks is how much tougher the fields have gotten. Because three or four years ago, those Venetians were like the fish fests. You know, everybody was overplaying the WSOP, and those Venetians were like tourists and locals and and that kind of thing. But last year, they seemed a lot tougher. How did you find the competition? Um, at first, uh, there were a lot of great spots, um, but once we got to I'd say maybe 
150 maybe I mean there was I ended up getting some good people some really good players on my table um, I had position thank God but actually a couple guys I didn't but anyway there were a lot of easy spots early but those guys are out early you know they dust with one pair and uh, so the fish donk their way out and then you get stuck with like you know a lot of the good online guys a lot of the guys that grind live in Vegas um, I was shocked too talking to some of the younger guys uh Half of them didn't even play online. Really? And I was like, wow, are you serious? Like, they're like, no, I only play live. always have. And I'm like, wow. I didn't ask if they did it professionally or anything, but I was amazed. I was shocked. I mean, you figure just everyone to be online, I guess, right. cause, uh, especially if they're young. Yeah, I definitely talked to some people who were like, you know, you just get table chatter and stuff. They're like, oh, you still play online? Well, where do you play? You know, and you start mentioning sites. And they're just like, oh, I didn't even know you could play anymore. No, I had the same thing. I, I was shocked. I was like, you haven't heard of Merge? And they're like, no. And I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, maybe they just, you know, if you can make money playing live, God bless. Like, I think it's tough just because mm-hmm. of the hands an hour and, you know, what you can get online in a day as opposed to live. But I do think live, I will say, uh, it's such a small sample. I mean, I played... Maybe a total of uh, eight live events. It is a lot softer. Um, You just have to figure out those soft spots. Like, I try to, so far, I've been trying to just stay away. And I mean, you said the same thing. Like, just pick the spots. Like, uh, the guy who's like 6Xing is the guy that, like, (laughs) you want to play pots with in position, stuff like that. Um, But it is an adjustment. I mean, I've had trouble with sizing. And that's just basically sit and go to MTT. and we'll get into that when we go over a couple of hands. But, yeah, I have had trouble with the sizing. And uh, one thing that's – I mean, I think we talked about this a little yesterday too. Like when a guy's 6Xs, like I'm so confused or 4Xs, 5Xs. I'm like I want to 3-bet this guy because he's done it five times. But, like, I'm not sure I can 3-bet fold and I don't want to flat. Like, right. So I usually end up folding. It's hella confusing because I'm not used to it. I'm yeah. like, wow, what does this mean? Um, but, yeah. It's funny because now, even when somebody like 4Xs, it confuses me. Yeah. Because it seems so big. Uh, I found that yesterday when I started, like, I opened a few pots pretty early, like, first orbit. I think I opened, like, three pots in the first orbit. And I made it, uh, starts at 5,100. I made it 225. And I realized that people adjusted to my... Yeah, I had that size. happen at my table, too, which was crazy. And I was happy. I was like, good, I can see pots cheaply now, like, if I'm in the big line or yeah. something. Uh, I noticed that too. Like, I think that's standard live. I mean, I don't know, but I've seen it on TV too. Like, whoever starts it, it kind of just right. everyone picks up on it. But you still had one or two people at the table who would just be like, who would like three or four X it. And you know, if five years ago, somebody three X, you'd be like, well, that's a normal raise. Yeah. But now you're just like, three X, what do I do? I don't know. I, I, I had guys six X like as the norm. All older guys. Um, and like showing ace queen and stuff. And I was like, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. And a lot of the, some of the guys, the younger guys sitting next to me were like, oh my God, at this size. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't even know how to play against it though. Right. Uh, because like, you can't really set mine with like small pairs and stuff because they're putting in such a big chunk. Like, it's just crazy. Uh, but I definitely, uh, I mean, I've always enjoyed live. I've played a lot of cash, but I think the Venetians are still plus EV and I'm going to play way more Venetians. I mean, I mean, I may not even play a dead stop. I told you yesterday. I mean, I may play one or two, but, like, I'm not really in it for the fame. And I think money can be made in those Venetians because yeah. the structures are amazing. Yeah. Um, Great structures, good field sizes, too. Like, a few less landmines to have to get through. Yeah. Right um, I think those are great events. I mean, we've talked about it on And I like the poker room. I thought the staff was good. I mean, every, I mean it's only one turn, a small sample, but like I said... Uh, 
that was one thing I'll say. Like, yes, you know, I played uh, day one A with you, and um, I'd never not at one point in the entire day that I go, God, we got a shitty dealer. All you know, yeah. I mean, like, good dealers the whole day, like. The floor was good too. Yeah, everyone was on top of their shit. It was just a really good. Did you see really the, the, that that guy like stand up and start yelling at the floor? Yeah, what was good? Did you? Uh, did no, you know I didn't. I, I turned around. He was like screaming in his face. I was dying. I was like, "This is awesome." Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. I'm just like, okay, I'm not gonna get into that. I just yeah. like turned around and went back. I to mean, work. you're always interested too when you like hear someone like screaming at the floor, and he was still in, but I think he did get a penalty. He did get a penalty. Yeah. Um, he deserved one. Yeah, I know. He was fucking absurdly loud. Yeah. But yeah, KB, you went deep. You know, you were deep. We, we made it to uh, the dinner break, and uh, what did you have? I had, I think I had seventy, and you had fifty. I came back, yeah, because I wasn't sure what I had because I kind of had a, a tough hand. As you were waiting for me to go to dinner, I had a tough hand where I was tanking, trying to figure out what to do. Folded and literally just got up and left, and I didn't even know what I had. But I came back and counted. I, if I remember, right, I had forty-four thousand. That was the East Ten hand. KB he had a top pair, top kicker on a. It ended up running out of four-card straight board, but you played the hand. You were just check-calling down. It was perfect. Yeah, I just kind of pot-controlled, checked down, and then on the, ter- on the river, a five made a straight. And, of course, I mean, there were other hands I couldn't beat, too, sets and whatnot. And I tanked for a long time. Like people my he team overjammed were, the river, correct? Yeah, he bet, like, 40K into 20K. And I was just like... I mean, it's a great spot to bluff. Uh, it's, a, it's a great spot to have a five. Shut yeah. over shut for value. There's uh, so many a shitty spot. I would have folded your hand too. I told you. Unless yeah, I, and you were new to the table too. Yeah, I'd only been there like important. two orbits, and, and it was a, it was such an interesting spot because there were so many things going through my head about like the dynamics of dinner break happening yep. and stuff. Where it, it's like this guy knows dinner breaks happening. He probably thinks. I mean, you know, without any other information, I think most people want to make dinner. You know, things like that. No, it's definitely a weird dynamic. One hundred percent. I was just like, oh my god, what Especially do I do? before the dinner break. Any break in general, but like especially before the dinner break. Uh, I mean, we, I think I was sitting there like three minutes like after everyone was gone and you were sitting there. I mean, it was a tough spot. And he ended up showing them, right? Yeah, he did. He showed me a set of sevens. Which, is, which means he's probably a really good player to yeah. shut sevens there for value. Yeah, and I came to realize, um, you know, after dinner we went back and I probably played another, what, hour, I guess, before I busted. And... Um, he was good. He was definitely a good player. Because you, you were out of position on hand, too, which was to say. So you were just check calling, flop and turn. And uh, when you checked the river, I mean, whatever. It's a really good shot. A lot of people won't do it because of straight hits, but you didn't have any fives in your range, and he knew that. So yeah. he, whatever. He was a thinking player. Yeah, it shows how good he is because if you had, like, some 50-year-old guy, they're just going to check there. Yeah. Because they're so – like, he could have a five. What if I, he has I a five? saw that on my table twice where people had sets on four-card straight boards where the guy uh, checked back the river. And, uh, I mean, you can bet fold. If the guy's that trappy, they were playing a bit deeper. This was early. But uh, they were checking back sets, which was, like, obviously the nuts because – I don't know. For some reason, when the guy checks and looks you right in the eyes, it's like he has one pair of hand. Like, right. Um, but yeah, that was a tough spot. And I think, I mean, you may obviously made the right fold, and I think I would have folded as well. Yeah. But you still had a. We came back at eight sixteen, so you still had a good start. Yeah, I was still. I still felt pretty comfortable, and then I just got into a weird cooler spot <clears throat> where I had <laughs> ace jack against ace queen on ace queen jack x board, and. Uh, I checked jam the turn, and he thought for five minutes, <laughs> and then called and and asked me if I had king ten. I'm like, no, no, sir, yeah. I do not Nick, have king Nick ten. rolled to the fullest with top two. Guy had ace queen. It was sick, and that would have tilted the shit out of me if I did tank with two minutes. Because the guy had a hundred k, and uh, I think you checked jam for like forty k. 
Yeah, it might have even been like 37 or 38. Like, it was just... It was so ridiculous. Like, if I was him, I'm just going, yes, yeah. call. Online, the dude just taps his mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever. But that, that shows you, though, the nittiness of live, quote-unquote, amateurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're literally so afraid. that they, they, see, they see monsters under the bed. They're like, oh, my God, what if he has King-10? They're definitely super nitty post-flop, but pre-flop. Like, I didn't get a three-bet through. Like, if I was three-bet, I don't think I ever three-bet and didn't get called. Yeah. I know once, and I three bet at least probably between ten and fifteen times. It doesn't sound like a lot, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but they always defended, and I was like, okay. And I ended up winning a lot of the pots, so whatever. It's profitable, but they like to see flops live in general. They want to see flops, but post flop, uh, yeah, nit rolls. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that I think I had a weird dynamic at my table because. There were probably three of us who were really competent, and everybody else was kind of, you know, pretty bad slash fishy. So I think what ended up happening was that everybody was so afraid that somebody was going to three or four bet that they weren't flatting a lot. Like you were saying, you, you couldn't get three bets through. We, we tended to get three bets through because they were so afraid that somebody else was going to four bet. Because we probably had, in the first two or three hours, I bet we had four four bets and maybe a couple of five bets. Like it was... Pretty aggressive, but but it just made all the all those amateurs just kind of stay out of the way. Yeah, so they weren't even opening. Yeah. And if they opened, they had it. Probably. Right, and you would even see like you'd see some of the good competent guys, kind of like you could see in their face they just wanted the three bet. But they're just looking at like the forty year old Asian woman going, <laughs> eh, probably not the best spot to four bet. I just fold. <laughs> and you moved quite a bit because I remember I told you I I stayed at my and I think this benefited me. I stayed at the same table the whole day. Yeah. So um. I was sitting C10, though, which was kind of a pain in the ass because I couldn't see C1 and 2 stacks, which was kind of tilting me because I'd have to, you know, look over or whatever. Um, but I got a good feel for my table, and everyone was coming to me. So when they came, I had already established uh, who I was going to play pots with and, you know, who I was going to three-bed light, stuff like that. Right. And I think that's a huge advantage, staying at the same table, because I don't have a HUD, obviously, So, <laughs> but you gain, you know, mental stuff, so... It was definitely a benefit, and uh, my table evolved from, like, the spew of all spews to, like, I mean, I had a guy open jam 25 bigs into me uh, with King 7 off after he finished <laughs> his meal, and I had Queens, and it was, like, the funniest thing ever. Um, but then it evolved to, like, a lot of three bets, like, cold four bettings. It, it evolved to, like, an internet table, so, like, you can definitely tell. I mean, there were still some good spots, though, late, like, guys with 150K, like, 100 bigs, yeah. fish. Right. Um, Thankfully so, because I got paid by one of them. <laughs> well, you figure for every fish who's busted out, there's, you know, well, maybe not for every, for every three fish that have busted out, there's one who has somehow accumulated 200K in chips. Yeah, I found out um, the guy on my table that had, I think he was like second at the time, uh, had all the chips. He like probably got in like 70 bigs free flop with nines against kings and dinked to nines. So he right. came to the table with like 140 big blinds. Yeah. And you could tell right away the dude was just opening six X. And I was like, oh my God. Please let me get something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he ended up, and ended up being good. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Uh, I guess we should talk a couple of hands. Let's pick out a couple of good ones. Do you want to talk about the uh, the aces hand? Yeah, and uh, it's cool because we're going right into it. This guy, uh, the guy I've been talking about a little bit, just moves to the table, so I have no read on him. He's got a lot of chips. Uh, older guy. Um, you know, he's wearing a tailor-made golf hat. <laughs> I remember all this shit. Um, so, I, like I said, there's no read. Um, 
And he sits down, maybe hand three, he opens at uh, 612. He opens to 4400 from EP. And I'm like, what the hell? Um, an Asian guy at my table who was really good, a live cash guy, ended up telling me. He flats. Um, the button, or no, not the button, the hijack, an older gentleman who had been flatting a lot, so I wasn't worried about him. He flats. And then it gets to me in the small bar. I look down at two black aces, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I did. I had just won a pot, so I didn't know exactly how much I had. So 44, call, call. And that's almost 4X. And uh, I obviously told everyone this hand because I played it pretty poorly. And so I'm in the small blind. And I, I'm thinking for quite a bit. I'm looking at my stack, trying to count it out. But I don't want to take too long because I don't know if that gives off a tell or what. I just I wanted to act faster. And I bombed it. And, like, this is really bad, uh, you know. Obviously, I'm still learning MTTs, and I made it 19K, which is way too big, with like 80K to start the hand. And um, I'm fine with that, with like, we talked about this. Um, with Ace King or something like that. And Queens, even. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, when the guy opened 4,400 and he had 140K to start the hand, and I had 80, and uh, the Asian gentleman had me covered, and the older guy was like maybe close to me, um, I just figured the guy was gonna. Call or like maybe get it in, but if he's gonna get it in, like whatever range of hands he's gonna get it in with, like I should make it like between probably 12 and 15, right? Um, because I get a I get him the flat more, and b like there's still tool out equity for the other guys, which I didn't think was gonna happen. Um, but yeah, they ended up all folding, and I mean, the reason why that's a good hand to talk about is just because like it is a mistake, and I think if I thought like even after the fact when I went up and asked you at the break. Uh, in my head, I was like 15K. I like 15K there. Um, yeah, and I think I said 14.5. You said 14.5, and uh, we talked to Casey about it. And he said he said like 9 or 10, which I don't like at all because, uh, God forbid, I question Casey. But <laughs> I, I think they all would have called. And I said to you in the car earlier, I said 100% they all call. Um, the Asian guy actually tanked for quite a bit. But the sizing made him like he was confused about my sizing. He's like, right. I, and I think he told me later he had a pair. You probably um, get called if you make it like twelve. It's yeah. probably only by him. And I, and that's obviously good. It's just I'm never. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I played it like a wimp. I, I mean, I definitely didn't want to get flatted by small pairs because I wasn't folding. But like at the same token, I do. I mean, right. it, it's one of those things. I, my sizing is really bad at MTTs, and I'm working on it. It's just uh, I come from that Don strat where like you're literally just trying to protect your stack and like. Why the fuck am I trying to protect my stack while I'm trying to get all the chips? Right. And uh, but it's weird too, though, because you know, there's that there's always kind of a dynamic. At least I can only speak for me, but in my head, where I look at the pot and I go, forty two hundred, forty two hundred, forty two hundred. I'm like forty four, yeah, or forty four, whatever. You look at the pot and you go, fucking twenty k in this pot, yeah. and I have eighty. Like I'll I'll be happy to have a hundred. <laughs> it looked like such a squeeze spot too. I mean, whatever. It it was bad. Side. I mean, it was bad. But yeah, yeah. like. Um, it, it just looks like such a squeeze spot. Like there was so much dead money out there. Uh, I wish I didn't. I wish I had seven deuce, obviously, because they all right. folded. I wish I grew. I wish I didn't even look at my card. All right, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about one more hand before we wrap it up here. Any any? Oh hi, Casey Jarzebeck. Nice of you to show up. So let's talk about one more hand before we wrap things up here. Uh, any other interesting spots you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, so the guy that opened 4,400, uh, later on we get in a spot, and he still has a lot of chips. Um, 
I actually just doubled up with tens days king where I three bet. Oh my god, <laughs> I three bet tens and the big blind shoved like forty five big blinds and I called and uh, I held against Ace King. Thank you for that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I have eight nine off from EP and I open, and uh, the guy that opened forty four hundred he flats and we go head up. He's in the where was he? <laughs> you guys are killing me. Um, I think he was. In position? Yeah, he was in position. So uh, he defends like maybe hijack or cutoff. Anyways, we go head up. Flop, nuts. 7 10 jack, two hearts. Uh, I lead 5k. So you flop the nuts? Yeah. Nice. Um, on a two heart board. Now, let me tell you about this guy. He. Uh, oh my god, Casey's ass. Lovely. <laughs> He had flatted Ace King before. He had flatted like Jacks. Like so this guy's flatting range is absurd. Like he's flatting hands. He should be three betting. Um, so like it's hard to range him. Anyway, so flop the nuts, two hearts. I lead five k, which is a uh, definitely less, little less than half pot. Uh, he calls. Uh, sorry, I probably could actually know the blinds. Whatever, it doesn't really mean much. Anyways, um, the turn is a queen. So ace, king's nut, king, nine, second nut. Yeah, it's kind of the worst card of the deck, in a way. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not, actually. But, yeah, I didn't really like seeing that, based right. on what he has. So, I lead 10k. And he's got, like, maybe 100 and... Because he, he makes it 40. So, I lead 10, he makes it 40. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. Can I get a count? Because I'm like, maybe as ace king. Since I knew he defended. <laughs> Dude, do you not want me to do this? <laughs> Sorry. Um, back to my trade. This is so weird. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. Casey, show us your ass again. Casey's running around naked. In case yeah, you haven't realized, you. Casey somehow managed to lose... 30,000 chips at 15300 But we're going to talk about that on another podcast. But he's very distracting right now. But we're going to try to finish it. Yeah. So this is a six bot. So he raises the 40,000 with around 70 to 80, I'd say. Just say 75 behind. And uh, now I'm, I have the third nut. I'm against a guy who flats ace king. Uh, so it's hard to put him on hand. Anyways, I tank forever. And I actually end up shoving because... I think there's a lot of river cards that may kill my action. Uh, where I may not bet, like if an ace comes or something like that, where there's another straight out there. Or a heart. Or the board pairs. Anyway, he calls uh, when I shove, and he snap flips over ace queen, so I need to fade a king. And uh, I faded, and that was where I got the 300k. And that should never happen. Obviously, he's just uh, an amateur and a. You know, had one top pair, top kicker, and thought he was good. I mean, I don't mind his play. I think he could have three bet pre, but uh, flat is fine, and then flat in the flop is fine. But he should just flat the turn as well. Right. You hear about people. It's funny. It's kind of like the uh, the stereotype of a bad live player is that they go broke with one pair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like. I he, mean, this he, was he an did absurdly it. huge pot, like over uh, over two hundred bags. Yeah, that was oh. that was the pot that really kind of put you in the spot you're at. Yeah, I mean, like I, I went from uh, oh. twenty five bigs to a hundred, like in two hands, like, yeah. just like that, which was nice. Oh. One cool. flip and then the nuts. Yeah, oh. so, so that's yeah. a nice way to run. Yeah, 
Exactly. Sure. Oh no, I definitely ran well in this tournament. So yeah. Well, it sounds like keep it up. sounds like you played pretty well too. I mean, I you know yeah. the aces hand you kind of question, but it but it is what it is. I yeah. mean, you, no, still, I mean, you still picked up a bunch of chips, and you're in a, obviously a great spot going to the good job, Mark. Yeah, I know. There was a, I picked up some spots too. Like there was a couple other spots where I four bet live and stuff. So yeah. Um. Oh, no, oh my god. So yeah, and we'll keep it up and uh, hopefully uh, bring it home. Yeah, well, we'll make sure to. Um, well, two things. One, we'll uh, we'll get a podcast up with Big Dog here in the next day or two, where we find out how he managed to dust off 150 bigs. Obviously, that's standard for Casey. Yeah. Chip leader at the break. I had aces. Night. You fucking midget with a big eye. Why are you spoiling? Out by dinner. Don't yeah. Don't give me spo- spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, but we'll also uh, obviously follow up with you um, after day two, and um, oh, you, guys want you know, food? Oh, food too. Hopefully, you can. Uh, ho- <laughs> Whoa. Hopefully you can crush it. So um, good luck, man. I, I obviously hope you bring it home. I know everybody out there listening is is hoping for the same. So yeah, and uh, Twitter, I'll be uh, I'll be tweeting more uh, updates because I figured out how to use it on my phone. So yeah, so make sure and follow at Mark Alioto. M A R C A L I O T O. And I'll be tweeting the TP too. So yeah, yeah. If you just follow the the uh, pound TP edge hashtag, you'll get all the updates. And uh, I'll be down there railing tomorrow as well, so I'll try to keep everybody updated. So uh, follow along, and thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you all next time on TPE Live. Later. Later.